I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Fighting On Film, the war movie podcast. In this new weekly series, we'll be bringing you our review of Masters of the Air as each new episode drops. Hello, welcome to our special nine-part review series on Masters of the Air. It's finally here, Matt. It's finally here after years. Ten years in the making. I know. We're finally here. Finally, finally. So now, before we begin, a huge thank you to Apple TV for providing us with an advanced look at the show. Um, they sent it to us in December. Uh, the team at Apple, lovely. Thank you very much. We you know, definitely made my Christmas eventful, that's for sure. Oh, I know. Wow. Uh, yep. Yeah, and we'll be talking uh, more about the series, obviously, uh, week by week, as it's not just being dumped uh, fully um, on Apple TV. It's going to be weekly released, just like the olden days. I think that's the better for it, to be honest. I think so, too. Um, builds anticipation. Um, but for this uh, series, we've also linked up with, drumroll please, Airfix, to give all of our listeners 10% off all orders on airfix.com for the whole duration of the Masters of the Air um, series. So from episode one to episode nine, um, starting on the 26th of January to, I think, uh, to early March, you can use yep. the code FOF Podcast. That's all one word, all capital letters at checkout to receive 10% off all orders on airfix.com. So if you fancy building a B17 of your very own, now's the chance. You can buy one for every episode and paint the name of your favorite thought from that episode onto the onto the airfix kit. Wow, I hope someone does that. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be, that'd the the financial really outlay would be insane, but it would be amazing. It would, to see but it. you know. It would be. Yeah. So do remember to use the code FOF podcast at checkout for your 10% off of FX model kits if you are that way inclined. Now, before we begin, uh, we'll say this episode does contain heavy spoilers for episode one. So if you haven't seen it or if you're going to listen to the episode um, to sort of work out whether you want to go and get an Apple TV subscription, um, uh, then by all means, listen from here on in. 
but you've been warned. Um, so uh, in this episode, uh, we'll give you a brief rundown of the production and the main players um, and then into the review. But if any significant characters are introduced during the series run, I'll mention them at the start of the episode going forward. Um, and there are just so many characters in Masters of the Air that I'm only going to mention some of the main players in this episode um, or we'd be here for hours. So, Matt, you're on production today. Uh, do you want to give us some insights into the production of Masters of the Air? Yes. Now, we've we've been anticipating this show for what seems like years, and it is years. It's it was first sort of reported on back in late 2012 that, um, wow, that the, oh my. the the production team behind Band of Brothers and the Pacific were going to come forward with uh, a new show focused on US Army Air Force. So executive producer um, Gary Goatsman, um, Tom Hanks, and of course, Steven Spielberg are the, the, the lead three executive producers on the show. The show was created by uh, John Shiban and John Orloff, and it's largely based on Donald Miller's 2017 book, Masters of the Air. And the show didn't really seem to get into production until about 2020. Um, so that's eight years between mm. first possible announcement to actual launch of, of, of yeah. production. So it was in development for quite a while. People have had HBO entire were... lives while this has been going on. Like I, I yeah. went to uni, got married and had a son. <laughs> In the time it took them <laughs> to get this on the TV, it's incredible. Right, exactly. So HBO initially attached, um, uh, as with the other two earlier series, mm. and then later production was acquired by Apple TV and Apple TV's Apple Studios, which is their in-house uh, production company, took it over. And this was actually their first major production for the company. Um, ah. And filming began in the UK in 2021, a couple of brief breaks for um, COVID pauses due to some ons uh, onset positive tests, etc. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, there's people um, kind of, I forget the actual terminology, the name for it in, within the industry, but like the COVID marshals of yep. making sure that everything's safe and everyone's that's about negative. Right. And COVID marshal. Keep, yeah, like, keeping yeah. distance, that sort of thing. So the show, as we kind of alluded to there, had a budget of about 250 to $300 million. And that is considerable. Uh, and if you you look at Band of Brothers in 2001, that had a, about $125 million. And then Pacific in 2010 had about $200 million. So it's a, it seems to be stepping up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, by that logic, we should have the next series, probably a naval one in about 2033. Maybe. maybe, yeah, maybe. I'm <laughs> sure final crossed. film will still be maybe going a bit then. Oh, you know. yeah, we have we've got far too many war films. There'll be hologram pods by then. It will be beamed into your head just directly. It will. <laughs> um, the show uh, is also executive produced by uh, Carrie Fukunaga, um, who is also the director of the first four episodes, which mm. gives the the beginning of the series an interesting continuity in, in sort of like approach. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of other directors a little bit later on in the series, which we'll cover as we come to those episodes. Um, and Fukunaga is known for True Detective, uh, Maniac, um, Beasts of No Nation in 2015. Uh, and of course, most recently, he directed uh, No Time to Die, the latest Bond film in yes, 2021. Mm. Um, in good hands. Good director. Yeah. Um, and then just rounding out the the production side of things, because we're going to keep it simple and we'll, we'll touch on production and cast each week. When yeah. things come up 
And do look out for um, some special episodes concerning the production because we do have a couple of specials coming. Oh out yeah, we've got some good stuff well. lined up. Very good. Um, locations wise, uh, we're looking at Bobbingdon Airfield Studios in Hertfordshire, uh, and Dalton Barracks, which is at the former RAF Abingdon. Um, Dalton Barracks is is currently a Royal Logistics Corps barracks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the, uh, the it stood in for Thorpe Abbotts, which is the the airbase that the hundredth flew from. Um, so that kind of rounds out the production side of things. How about cast? Right. So for cast, I'm only be mentioning, as I said, four of the uh, the major players in the episode. But in true Band of Brothers specific style, there's a lot of young and up and coming actors and mm-hmm. and uh, actors that are really going to be future stars and are just at the start of their careers. I think it's been said by some some outlets and uh, possibly by some of the production uh, team themselves that. They really struck out, struck lucky with the casting um, because since the show's gone into production, it's you know, come out today, um, These some of these stars have done really, really well. So we have Austin Butler as Major, Go- uh, Major Gail Clevin. Uh, he's a Golden Globe winner, an Academy Award nominee for his role in Baz Luhrmann's Elvis in 2022. Um, he'll also star in the upcoming June sequel later this year. And a little uh, interesting thing, he seems to have picked up a little bit of his Elvis accent in this one. I think there's times where it does dip, dip into Elvis a little bit. When he goes into like a slightly deeper register. Yeah. Really. You can hear the Elvis in there because he famously couldn't shake the, the Elvis accent after doing the movie. So, and this came really hot off the heels of filming that one, I think. So we'll let him off. He's a fantastic actor. He's very, very good in this. Um, Then we have Callum Turner as Major John Bucky Egan. Uh, He's a British actor. Um, He appeared in the BBC's War and Peace in 2016, and he received a BAFTA nomination for his role in The Capture in 2019. Then we have Anthony Boyle as Major Harry Crosby, and he also serves as the show's narrator. So he dips in with uh, little tidbits here and there. Um, In episode one, he gives you a little bit of a a brief introduction into the Flying Fortress and how it all worked when they're going up um, onto a raid. And I really like that. I don't know about you, Matt. I think his yeah, I did. narration really helps the show. It really sort of settles you in as a viewer, especially if you're not um, if you're not air air force inclined. It really helps to ease a viewer in um, to some of the more more technical aspects of what's going on. Yeah, I think gives, that's... gives some nice context. Mm, really good writing, things a little bit. Of. Um, and he's a Welsh actor. Um, he appeared in Derry Girls. Um, HBO's Plot Against America, and he will be playing John Wilkes Booth in the upcoming miniseries Manhunt that's also going to be on wow. Apple TV. I'm cool. really looking forward to seeing him in that. Yet again, you know, fantastic casting, very, very good in this. Then we have uh, Barry Keoghan. Uh, then we have Barry uh, Keoghan as Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Curtis Biddick. Um, he's an Irish actor who shot a fame recently for his roles in The Banshees of In, in- Shirin, Top Boy, and of course, Saltburn that is doing the rounds everywhere at the moment. I think it's probably one of the most talked about movies of the year so far. Um, but he also has a couple of military roles under his belt, uh, being in 2017's Dunkirk and 71. Do you remember him in that? Very fresh face in that I'll one. to keep an eye out for him in, in that. Mm. I think he plays the young, I think he might even play the young lad that steals the SLR in that. Oh, I really? I can't quite remember. Mm, he's definitely wow, in it okay, though. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's going to be in Dune 2 as well, I believe. Is he in Dune 2 as well? Ah, fair I enough. I think so. Well, a little bit of a Masters of the Air reunion there. Masters of the Dunes. <laughs> Oof, like yeah, it. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, so uh, that is the sort of main players. There's, As I say, there's so many cast. There's so many cast members in this. 
you know, from from door from from bow gunners to to turret gunners to to radio men to uh, you know uh, uh, flight crew on the ground. There's just so much going on that I I can't fit everyone in because it would be three or four episodes worth of not of facts and knowledge. So into the main bulk, sorry, into the main meat of the episode now with our run down some of our thoughts of episode one. Matt, the floor is yours. Yeah, let's jump into the bomber stream, as it were. Um, I think, I, honestly, I really enjoyed it. I, mm. I I went into it a little bit skeptical because you know these things are hyped so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we have the trailers. Me bad, not bad mouthing it, but being very wary of it. There's probably clips. Yeah, that Rob, fans have Rob got. was arguably even more wary of it than I was. I really and, was. Yeah. And I was like, no, give it a chance. Like that, that second trailer looks good. Um, it's promising. I, I, I'd never been one that was going to build it up to the levels mm. of Pacific and Band of Brothers because you just can't. We've lived with those shows. We've watched them numerous yeah. times. They're, They're in our cultural memory, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And this will find its place, and I, I'm I'm very sure that it will. Having watched a whole series, which spoilers, I will say I did enjoy all of it. Mm. Um, but staying specifically with the first episode, I thought it was a very strong introduction to the main characters that we are with for most of the show. Yeah, and I thought it, it worked well. Mm. Just sticking with Cass for a second, I I can't pick out a performance in there that was weak. I thought every, yeah. everyone from yeah. And the small supporting actors to the main um, cast for this episode, everyone was yeah. spot on. Really yeah. great performances. Now, it's could... the amount of work and effort that's been put into bringing this onto the screen. You, you see it in every single frame, you know, from how a bar's dressed, how a, how, how a tent looks, how an inside of an interrogation hut looks. It's just these little, mm. as we say on the show, mise-en-scene, but these, these little details that the show just quite literally puts right in front of you. All the money they've spent is on the screen, and I really, mm. I really enjoy yeah. saying that. And I'm, as Matt said, I was quite wary when it came out because I think, and I was thinking about this while I was doing my notes for the show. I think the way we consume media has changed so much. Obviously, it has, but it's changed so much even from when the Pacific came out. So I've watched trailers for this on my phone, on my yeah. laptop. I haven't mm. seen it, seen them on my big, you know, 4K TV or whatever. And I'm sure a lot of people haven't as well. So I think some of that initial uh sort of worry about it might have come from the fact i didn't watch it on a proper screen a proper sit down yeah. comfy i was you know snatching a look at a trailer here and there so i think it was that what did you watch it, the show on my laptop okay i watched it on a, my desktop okay but my it's a macbook with all the bells and whistles so it, the picture's very nice on it okay yeah. um no no right I'm, yeah flexing on the show but i didn't mean to but no it is um so the first thing I'm going to pick out is, and I've said it in the cast, but the narration by Crosby it really mm. settles you in as a viewer. So he introduces us to the main characters as a section where uh, Bucky uh, Clevin has just landed. Not Clevin. Yeah, Clevin. Buck has just landed. Austin Butler's character. And he's introducing um, himself to all the sort of crewmen and the radio men, um, things like that. And you have Crosby's narration over it, and he introduces you to the characters. And I felt really at home, you know, I'm getting to know these guys and someone's going to be there talking in my ear, letting me know about them. And I like that. It's a different approach to introduction than the Band of Brothers did or the Pacific did. But I think for this, it works because there's so many different planes in the air. There's so many different things going on that having this little introduction sequence 
it's just very a very very much appreciated it as a viewer mm. yeah and it builds on that throughout the episode doesn't it as you mentioned mm. earlier it does explain some of the you know the process of getting those crews ready and getting them in the air and then getting them uh, like formed up and then how they bomb a target that kind of thing and i think that re- works pretty well yeah, throughout it does. it does build on that former uh, model with you know band of brothers and pacific where they have that narration um, but it is a little bit different as you say it mm. it works really well though it does no it's it's fantastic um and then uh, to lead off from that with rosby one of my favorite parts of the episode is it comes quite late late on in the episode i think it's about middle way middle section um mm. the middle of the episode where there's a belly landing of crosby's b17 now they've yeah. they got lost in france they've accidentally flown over french soil and got <laughs> shot at by flak um and that's very tense scene all the all the air sequences in episode one are very tense. They're very mm-hmm. loose. You're not sure who's going to survive, who might not. You know, it shows you, you know, these are just planes in the sky. You know, they, you could be gone at any moment. It, it does that really, really well. Um, so they're coming into land at um, uh, Thorpe Abbott's um, airfield, and there's a belly landing, as I say. And it's very intense. It's really well shot, well paced. So many great angles of the plane coming down. You've got, you know, you see, you see the the view from the nose on the ground. You see the the view mm. from the 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 the, the, uh, the tail turret, um, and you see the, the a side shot of the B seventeen coming down, which looks fantastic. And the CG really really works. Um, and then they hit the ground, and you think, oh god, the B seventeen is going to explode, but it's a fake out. It doesn't, they? and they all bail out. Yeah. But it's this that classic thing of where they run away from the aircraft or the vehicle, don't they? Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's going to blow any minute. I really like that fake out. But then you get the 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 base feels alive, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. So it isn't like in Memphis Bell where the base just felt a bit. It's just there, you know. It's just like a place for the main characters to interact with. Yeah, I felt everyone on that base, they're doing their job, they're reacting, and when everyone comes out in the jeeps and the ambulances to help them, it feels it feels natural. Really, mm. And that's a really good way of sort of showing the base how it works. You know, everyone on that base is there to service these planes, make them get in the air so the crews can go on the raid and look after them. And it's a really nice little introductory sequence because you then get the the flight crews coming over them and mechanics and they're going to be working on the planes. And that's I a love nice the introduction. introduction of mechanics, actually. Mm, yeah. And, um, they, and they have a lot to do in this. They're not just secondary characters. They're, they are important, you know, and, and this is something that the, that Masters of the Air gets is that it's a it's a family almost, isn't it? it they're they're working for a common goal, and it understands that. But that belly sequence for me is right up there. And then yet again, the writing comes in, and there's a really great line. So some of the it's I think it's got more laughs in it in episode one than Banner Brothers had. You know, um, apart from the the scene where they're all throwing up the spaghetti, I think that's quite yeah. a serious episode. But there's a line where the where his captain says to Crosby, you're a navigator, Crosby, you know, you should be able to, I don't know, find <laughs> England. And I just, it's so funny to me. No, it's great. There's actually, uh, speaking of dialogue, there's a great line that I like between Cros and his friend Bubbles. And he says, I think it's Crosby that kind of criticizes Buck and Bucky. And he's mm. like, they've watched Test Pilot a few too many times. And I love that reference. That's a reference to the 1938 Clark Gable and Spencer Tracy movie, Test Pilot. Um, wow. which is about yeah. the uh, the pre-production testing of the B-17. Mm. 
And mm. I, I love that. I thought that was a really nice really cultural reference. Yeah. That if if you haven't seen that film, it's you know, it's not a film that everyone would go, Oh yeah, of course. It's just a really nice inclusion. Of course, it's Clark Gable a cultural was reference. In the USA. Yeah, exactly. In the war. Yeah. It's a cultural reference that they would have understood at the time. And it's a it's a good piece of of, of dialogue, I thought. Mm. Um yeah, that sequence is great. I do love the fake the fake out. I also, speaking of landings, I really like the landing in Greenland. Um, there's a sequence where it's a uh, a ferry flight. They're flying the the a wing of B-17s to, to to the UK, and there's this great shot of three or four forts coming down a fjord in Greenland to land at Bluey West um, West One Airbase, and they're coming into land and it's windy and you get to see some of the technicality of the of the aircraft and how it's handled and how it's flown because you know they're moving the the controls and they're, they're trying to like sort their pitch and, and and you know balance their engine power and and get that down in 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 like a crosswind and there's a great shot of the, uh, i think it's yeah book manages to land um mm. his his plane and then he, he sees the next one coming in and as he says, you, know, you should you should pull up out of that. He does, and the, the plane just goes into like a steep climb, and it just looks it looks really good. It's that whole sequence in in Greenland is really well yeah. done, and that's the first kind of inkling after the the first sequence of of aviation we get at the very very beginning of the episode that you think, okay, this is the CGI on this is actually going to mm. yeah. um, stand up to the level of um, production value that they've put into yeah. this. Yeah, and it only only gets better from there as well. I think you you know if this is only episode one, folks. Remember, you've got nine more episodes of aerial sequences coming mm. up, and we can't say anything about them. They're under embargo right now. That's why we're doing episodes weekly, um, not a full series overview. But it it just gets better. Um, so I think maybe we're going to have a very very quick tight alley tally this week. Um, so roll the adcast advert, and we're into the alley tally. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Pilot Bombardier, did you know you can join the Fighting on Film Patreon for as little as £2.50 per month, which includes a vote in the Patreon pick, exclusive podcast news, guest announcements, and a hell of a whole lot more. Now let's get this baby home. Matthew, you're first. Masters of the Year, Ali Tally. You've been waiting nearly 10 years for this moment. What's your pick? Um, 1911 shoulder holsters and bomber jackets. The ultimate vibe. 
they are very very cool so the the flight jackets were actually provided by eastman leather clothing yeah, uk based company i believe uk based company who've done fury they've done pearl harbor they've done catch 22 they you know their stuff's very very expensive but it looks bloody good on the camera i think the level of detail they go into they really do seem to know their stuff you know reading their blog and looking across their mm. website you know they talk about the various different types of um of, of flight jacket and bomber jacket that they you know they developed during the war yeah and then they've replicated them from original examples and stuff yeah. like that so it's great i believe they provided a lot of like vintage stuff like flying uh, caps helmets mm. like the, i love the, the headphones and the goggles and stuff i love the mid gunners caps they wear the, oh the yeah with sides the, they're so yeah, cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, it, there's they look like you could, talk you could about just wear them normally like this so they're just timeless pieces um so for me yeah your my my alley pick is very similar to yours and i don't know why but i it's just you know when you see something you're like right that's why this is a good show mm -hmm. so my thing this week is there's a bag of powdered eggs in the sequence where it, it, stay with me matt's laughing there's a great there's a, line about the powdered eggs isn't yeah, there as well exactly yeah there is a very good line yeah um but they're they're making a really nice breakfast for them because it's the morning before the raid and they end yeah, up the having this the last supper yeah and there's a lovely sequence where a guy just you know a usaf army chef gets a a, a you know, spoonful of powdered egg whacks it in some water mm -hmm. and starts whisking it and you're like oh god that looks disgusting like but it was the it was the thing it wasn't it wasn't the fact that they were powdered eggs it was the fact that it was the 1940s packaging and it was a paper bag and it was all folded round and over and i was like someone's gone into the time and have taken the time to research that yeah. one tiny bag for maybe a two second clip and that was <laughs> there and then i was locked into master of the air episode one i was like right if you're going to do that much digging for a sack of powdered eggs then everything else on top of that is the cream on the crop is, is the cream of the crop if you know what is the cream yeah. if you know what i'm getting at yeah it yeah. it's that for me i never thought i'd be saying i love i love that eggs. whole sequence actually you know the, the bit eggs, that that, like. that shot where the camera sort of moves along the line of guys waiting to get chow and that yeah. is the perfect way of illustrating the human scale of one of yeah. these you know wings that are going to join a mm. main sort of bombing raid yeah and, and how like, they're all eating like they're eating like young dozens men, like, and dozens and dozens of down, guys you know? yeah, yeah. It, it's that it really gets it over to you and I, I know the sequence you're talking the shot you're talking about the long it's really nice shot mm. it reminded me a little bit of um the line of um the line then when the bomber crew come in in, in um matter of life and death and you see how young mm. they are it's like mm -hmm. that for me i'm like that's and that's one thing i wanted to pick up on in this episode is that this series gets how young they were like they've chosen yeah. very young looking boys. The ball to play these gunner. Men. I feel like the ball tour gunner that they linger on and he says, God be with you and all this. Mm. And then he gets into the ball tour. I think he's the perfect yeah. uh, illustration of that, you know, the youth. He's like Sean Austin. The, the, the lead technical me uh, mechanic as well, technical yeah. sergeant that's head of the air crew. He's like, so young. young. Yeah. yeah. They, they really, really get that in this. So, um, we're coming up to the end of our first thoughts on Master of the Air. These are going to be a lot more looser reviews than what you're used to on on uh, Final Film because we want you guys to go away and watch it. We don't want to give away major plot points because um, there's a there's a raid at the end of the episode we haven't even got onto, but we want people to go away and watch it, you know, because it's... Well, we've got to talk about that briefly. We'll talk now. about it quickly and then we'll talk about... The final, we'll do our final thoughts. So, Matt, the, the raid, come on. I, I was just struck by how brutal it was. Mm. 
yeah. There's a couple of sequences later in the series which are even you know more striking. But as an introductory sequence, I thought it was great. So yeah. at the very beginning, when when we get the introduction to the the two leads, there's a there's a brief uh, a, a sort of aviation scene where um, where Bucky is uh he's on he's on a, a he's an observer pilot on a on a mission before the rest of the group arrives mm. and it shows it shows the you know the, the kind of the carnage on board but the, the the bit that i liked from that sequence is when they land it pans around as he's asking the pilot that's more experienced like is it always like this and it pans around and you get this great shot of just seeing the devastation and the damage all across the, the flying fortress yeah. The yeah. gaping holes and the, and the bullet holes, the, you know, and the way where the flak is is torn, the you know the the wing plating apart mm. and stuff like that. And I thought that was great. I thought, oh, yeah, that's that's a great shot. And then we get that main sequence of the 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 raid on Bremen, which I think was in early August forty three. Yeah. It was against um, the the Weser River, and it was the uh, to attack the U boat pens, bomb the U boat pens. That's right. Yeah. So the 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 series begins in July nineteen forty three. Um, and I think that raid is like July, early August. Anyway, yeah. there's one part of it that really stood out to me. There's a part where the flak stops; it all becomes quiet. It's like the eye of the and, storm. Like yeah, the eye of the and storm. then the then the the Luftwaffe uh, ME109s, I think they are, come in and fire. They they come head on mm-hmm. and they fire straight into the cockpit, and the co-pilot's face is shot away. And we get oh, a, a lingering shot of, of of his sort of mouth and yeah. face shot away, and the co-pilot turns to look at him. Well, the pilot turns to look at him, and he sees that he's gone. And then the entire cockpit just bursts into flames. As yeah, the, the air tanks, aircraft just goes. Yeah, they, they explode. Yeah, yeah, and that is so brutal. And you think, wow, that's one plane out of how many are on that raid, and that's one thing that's going on in one cockpit. But then it all. Then it will pan to someone that maybe like a a mid a mid uh, door gunner like and he'll look at his his uh, window and he'll be like oh that plane's been hit over there and, and then that plane's falling out of the sky and then another plane's falling out of the sky and you're like oh my god it doesn't it doesn't get let up at you it doesn't let you breathe no. and like, it does just like the crews they have that moment of reprieve where you know you could, as a viewer you could sip your coffee quickly or whatever you're doing and then right you're back into it because oh god now the planes are coming. You know, it really gets this sort of tension and, and edge of your seat thrills that we really were hoping for with the first episode. But the the, uh, the horrible irony of it is they don't even get to drop the bombs because of the cloud cover over Bremen, yeah. and they have to go back. And it's I think just... for the audience that'll really shock some people. I think it it's will. A, it's certainly yeah. it. You know, I wasn't expecting that because you kind of expect it's a bombing raid. They're going to drop the bombs. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, of course, they didn't always drop the bombs. No, but you yeah. don't expect that to be the you know the introduction no. to the the process. And I yeah. I really like that. But it and gets of course, over the, Sorry, the history's there. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it, as a first taster of a raid for not only the characters but as a viewer, you see the danger and the mm. the bravery put forward on a raid. Yeah. And you and the horrible things you don't even get to do your job. You only get to do half of it. Then you've got to go yeah. home. You've got to go back all the way through that flak. Yeah, and do all it all the way home again. again. Mm. Yeah, and it's a perfect end. It's it's the whole. I would preface this one as it's a it's a series of near misses 
for a lot of the crews and it, they get they get this like shock of reality and the end of the episode i've got it quoted here um clevin and bucky are uh, egan sorry clevin and egan uh, their nicknames are bucky and buck so i'm going to try and call them clevin and egan <laughs> um as we go ahead i think it will um it'll be more um less confusing so they're driving a jeep back after the main raid's been scrubbed and they've all come back um they pile everyone off to the interrogation that's quite frantic and really really enjoyed seeing that um and clevin says why didn't you tell me you've been up for two missions you didn't tell me it was like this buck i didn't know what to say you've seen it now clevin i don't know what i saw 30 guys just buck should have been up there with you clevin got a long road ahead of us buck yeah yeah perfect it's it's a really perfect nice callback end to to that opening sequence as well where he mm. goes why didn't you tell me it was like that he says that to the the guy he's yeah with. and yeah it it just it's a nice full circle it's fantastic just within that you know that franticness the frenetic energy of the of the actual sequence that you talked about as well what i really liked is the, the small vignettes of individuals that it shows throughout that as well so there's a, a tail gunner who has a jam on his 250s and he opens the top covers with his gloves off and then he closes them and his hands are stuck Yeah, to the receiver it's so cold. to the to the Yeah. the um the feed tray covers because it's so cold and he's not had his gloves on and he Mm. rips his 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 palms off Yeah. the off the off the guns and it's like they're small things that you would never have thought of Mm. Mm. And one of the lads gets wounded and he's in the in the the uh, what you call it like the 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 bow of the plane. I don't I'm not oh yeah plane. the um the the like the the bombardier's position Bombardier's at the very front position, yeah. yeah. And he's In the like, nose. you're free, you know, he's like, oh gosh, you're freezing, get this man a blanket. Because he's been disconnected from his electric suit. So it's these little details. I know a few people, when we mentioned we'd be good doing this series, they were worried about the little aspects like that getting in. But no, they directly addressed them, which I really appreciated. So, the, you know, all off and the, the production team have really done their research. So rounding out episode one of Masters of the Air, Matt, with your final thoughts, please. I, I can't wait for more. I mean, I know I've already seen it, but I'm I'm enjoying rewatching it. I Yeah. watched it. It must it must have been mid December. I went. I Yeah. watched it the first time, and Rob kind of binged ahead of me and watched like five episodes within two days. And I'm I'm busy with like wrapping presents and shit. Rob, I can't I can't just sit Christmas down and watch an entire season. Christmas How you waited managed it? for I don't me. know. But um. Cups of tea, cups of tea and a vape, and I was in, mate. I was, <laughs> I was loving life. so. It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit since I I watched it, and I I've been tempted to rewatch it again earlier, and you know maybe write notes. But I thought no, I'll wait till This is the my week third. of. This is my third viewing. Oh my word! <laughs> Really, yeah. I love it. So I I've been putting it off. So it, I kind of like it ruminates in the back of my head, and then when I come to watch it again, <laughs> as the the release dates come up, it's fresh. Um, mm. I mean, I'm not afraid to. To say that I, I watched, I finished watching this episode not half an hour before we recorded. So it's That's how fresh it is, folks. Fresher than it's fresh on Foth. super fresh. Um, Yeah. but it does leave you with this feeling of I I can't wait to see what happens to these Yeah, these characters. yeah, yeah. And the end of episode one is um, ended with a coming up next. But for these episodes, we won't do that just in case you haven't seen episode one in its entirety. Yeah, if you're still with us, um, still listening. So I'm very much the same as Matt. I think it's a very strong, very well-paced opener to the series. You get a bit of everything. 
you see that's Raid, something we didn't mention pacing the pacing is very good yeah. it, it mm. this is this clocks in at about 55 minutes 58 minutes um and it doesn't feel like that so I, I paused it halfway through to make a drink and i was like oh blimey i'm like 40 minutes in it didn't feel like that and that's great when it's when a program or a film can do that when it can suspend time for you i think it's doing a good job so i've got down here if you're a fan of 12 o'clock high memphis bell Banner brothers or the pacific you'll definitely want to tune in and get yourself an apple tv subscription before we go i'm gonna gonna try and do this weekly but we have a little feature called uh, Fort Name of the Week. And this week, I'm going to go with Alice from Dallas as the, the best name of a flying fortress in the show, in the episode. Oh, I I wasn't picking out for that. Um, I'm just picking mine out. You can pick yours next week. Yeah, I'll do mine next week. I'll do yeah. mine next week. Um, yeah. No, I love that. It's great. There's some great fort names in this. I really like mm-hmm. it. Really nice. Um, yeah, so that was Masters of the Air, episode one. It's out now on apple tv and obviously join us again for uh, another major war movie review um weekly these are going to be int- uh, dropped in when they release just because of embargoes lifting things like that yeah so, so the plan is we'll have normal weekly movie reviews where we talk about various different war movies every week yeah and then on the day release of masters of the air we will drop our review episode so you can watch the show listen to the episode listen to the episode watch the show if you're a that that way inclined we've got a few Um, listeners that do that yeah we do do we do and don't forget if you would like 10 percent off all airfix.com orders use the code boff podcast at checkout that's all one word all caps you'll get a tasty 10 percent off um and if you do end up building something why not drop us a uh a a tweet do we still call it tweets follow us on some social media wherever wherever you like uh, you can find links to all X, those on our website, fightingonfilm.com. YouTube. <laughs> the um, other ones. <laughs> and if you end up painting Alice from Dallas um, with your FX kit, let us know. Yeah, please do. And uh, we'll catch you next time for another Masters of the Air review. Tune in again, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.